And there's just because I did these things doesn't exempt oh, me from going to the kingdom of so God. Good. Right? Yeah, yeah. So there's always that's, time. That's a mindset with a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I've sinned too much. God can't forgive me. Yeah. And in this story, we see the opposite of that. That's so good. So the and whereas before with Mary and Martha, we saw the BS self is focused on the future. The BS self can also be focused, focused on, on the past. past. Yeah, like yeah. I did all these things, I screwed up. Yeah. Therefore, I I can't go. I can't. I can't be right. I might as well keep sinning. You know. Yeah. yeah. But yep. the, but the true self, like you said, that's so good. Uh, recognizes that no, I I screwed up. Yeah, yeah. I own that. But there's still time. <clears throat> What's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to BS Faith. My name is Louis Dooley with my brother Sam Key. And uh, how, how how's your week been, brother? It's been pretty good. Although I think we look we looked a little gray this morning. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know on our on on our monitor screen, uh, yeah, we look a little gray. We don't know if this is translating into reality, but yeah, I don't know. And so if this looks a little weird to you, <laughs> like we're gonna have to figure it out. But um, hopefully it doesn't, because I don't know what to do to fix it. <laughs> it's a beautiful day outside, though. The weather's been great uh, lately here in the Chicagoland area. Yeah, uh, yeah. So what 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 kind of BS we talking about today? <laughs> we are talking We're about on the BS agenda. Yes, and maybe our our camera mm. image issues are very appropriate to this topic yeah, because yeah. we're we're going to talk about the true self versus the false self, hmm. or what I like to call. The BS self, the bumper sticker self. Okay, okay. So the, I've the been fake, the fake. Yeah, the fake you, self. The fake yeah, and this okay. maybe this image of this of this camera is like, uh, is this is this uh, really us? Are we trying to look better than we really are? Yeah, I mean that you would know? be that would be like something like I don't know how it happened, but I say God did it yeah. because I didn't touch nothing in the room. Yeah, <clears throat> and now it's looking kind of janky. So, so I there's this idea that I've I've read about and um, I've heard a lot about, maybe not a lot about. Okay, a little about, and uh, but it's captivating to me some for some reason, just because I think we all can relate to it, and um, it's this idea that we have a, a a true self, but then most of the time we operate out of a bumper sticker self mm, wow our false self and the false self is the self that is always trying to stay in control of everything mm-hmm. and i don't mean like you you try to keep in control of your emotions i'm not talking about that it's but it's like you have to be in control mm. of your life and of other people and of the situations like that kind of that that's the bs self the bs self um like likes to look really good, uh, especially especially better than others, and that's the key. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with wanting to look good, but it's always like a comparison game. You want to look uh, better than others. You always want to like kind of justify yourself. Um, uh, you want to master everything. You may minimize the wrongs or the sins that you have have done. Um, you're you're just. Uh, it wants to be like the false self, BS self. Once it thinks its desires are like the center of the of the universe. So, like even just driving over here, I felt my false self uh, creeping up hmm. because uh, this uh, sports car was was right on my tail, and, and he's like trying to pass me and trying to make me go faster. But yeah. I'm like in this uh, 
this old Scion car with 256,000 miles on it, and I can't push her, push her that hard. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like I'm looking in my rearview mirror thinking I'm going as fast as I can, and this guy was really... And I, and I want my ego self, my BS mm. self, wanted to just lay on the brakes, make him wait. Yeah, you know? yeah, go slow. Go slow <clears throat> to, yep. like, teach him a lesson. Because mm-hmm. out here in this big old world, everything revolves around me right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and my, you know, <clears throat> uh, yeah. so I felt that. And so instead, I decided to know I'll, I'll, I'll push the old scion as fast as I can go and try to give this guy some room yeah. and be respectful to him. Uh, but that's that's the BS self. It, yeah, that's it, a good that's a good example. I mean, I've definitely been there before, and I'm sure you know some people watching and listening. Um, they've been there before too. And for me, as I listen to you describe it, for me, my thought is: here's someone that is trying to get me to do something I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to gain power and control over me. Yep. And it's like, you know what? What way can I gain power and control yep. back? Like it's this tug of war, yep. right? Battle and it's that. like, you know what? I, I, I'm going to go slower and I'm going to assert my will and yeah. my authority over him yeah. because I can. In other words, like he can't make me go faster, but I can make him go slower. Yep. Yep. Or I can make him pass me to no passing zone. I can make him like I can make him do something that's unlawful. Yep. I won't be doing anything wrong yep. to just let him know, hold up, man. Like this, this like you don't do this to me. Yeah. You know, and so. That's just such the wrong attitude, you know. And I've been on both of those ends. Yeah. I've been the guy that says I'm gonna go slow, and I have. Mm-hmm. And I've been the guy behind somebody trying to push them and make them. And I'm flashing my lights, <laughs> I'm hitting my horn, and I'm like, dude, like, what's up? It's 45, <laughs> you going 30? Yeah. Like, get off your phone, yeah. or you know, no shade to any like senior citizens. But it's like, hey, yeah. if you're scared to drive, then pick early mornings <laughs> or late nights when nobody's on the road. That is hilarious. So when <laughs> you're driving behind someone really slow and. You end up passing them. You you can barely see them because it's a little old lady, and mm-hmm. then I feel bad. But yeah, I don't feel bad. I'm <laughs> like, man, you just you you making things worse. Yeah, you know. So anyway, that, the the BS self is like always always mm-hmm. scrolling through the feeds, always comparing, always envying, always uh, lying to yourself to other people. If you're ever sneaking around, you're trying to cover up something. Mm-hmm. That's a sign of your uh, your BS self. If you're exaggerating. If you take offense easily, that's all BS yeah, uh, self man. material. That's something right there that I feel tension with a lot of time throughout the year, mm-hmm. and specifically near the end of the year. You know, being in, in full time ministry mm-hmm. and having to fundraise, I, I go to other fundraisers um, so, sometimes to learn. You know, and also being open to if the Lord wants mm-hmm. you know us to contribute something to do that. But, you know, I see all this data that a lot of organizations present, right? And and I have no reason to believe it's not true data. But I also know that embellishing things is a thing. And I can remember years ago when I was in prison talking on the phone with someone, and they were saying that embellishing is not bad. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I didn't even really know what the word meant. And so I had to look it up. And when I learned what it meant, I was like, man, that's a lie. Like, that's just a fancy way of saying lying. Yep. And I'm like, there's no way that's ever good. Yep. You know, so it's like I'm challenged oftentimes with not falsifying data, mm-hmm. but making data out to like be really more than it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I've I've been in the midst of doing that, like typing something mm-hmm. out. 
And I just like the Holy Spirit in me wouldn't let me like hit send or let me like keep that because it's just yeah. like it's true, but I'm adding more stuff yeah, to it than yeah. what really is there. Yeah. Trying to get people to believe something and get excited. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's what, that man? control. You're trying to control people. Yeah. And, and I would say even manipulate. Yeah. Manipulate. That's manipulating. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so I'm like, wow, man, you know, but it's because I'm comparing like, mm-hmm. look what they do, and I need to, you know, I, if I want to be successful like them, I need mm-hmm. to do what they do. And it's like, I can do a version of what mm-hmm. they do, but, and again, I have no reason to believe they've embellished anything, mm-hmm. but I can see where the tension of it being so mm-hmm. easy to fudge the numbers, so to speak, yep. you know, and fudge the data. Yep. And um, that's not that's not of Christ. And even if you're not in ministry, you can apply this principle to your life of Anything else that you're trying to do, whether it's a relationship, a work relationship, yeah. with neighbors, anything yep. online. Yeah, sales, you know, a salesman fudging the numbers for his boss, yeah. you know, to, to meet the quarterly quota yeah. or whatever. I mean, it's, this can be any facet of life. Yeah. It could be in parenting. Yeah. You know, you embellishing stories of your past to try to get your children to do something in their <laughs> yeah. future. Yeah. And it's like, that wasn't exactly yeah. like, yeah. we had to walk 100 miles in the snow <laughs> uphill. It's like, okay, you walked up a, a kind of an incline and <laughs> it snowed a couple times, but it wasn't 100. You yeah. know, and it's like, why do we feel the yeah. need yeah. to have why to increase things in order to, like, meet our agenda or accomplish our yeah. goal? And why are we... That's one question. Another question then is why are we so unwilling just to be real, to tell the truth, to be our re- real vulnerable mm-hmm. selves? You know, yeah. why? <clears throat> well, I know for me, a couple of things come to mind. One is uh, I'm a competitive person. Mm-hmm. So sometimes what drives me is to be competitive, um, which leads to success, you mm-hmm. know, because yeah. success means you're what? Hashtag winning. You know what I mean? So who doesn't want to be a winner? Yeah. Um, another thing is, um, f- for me, probably the biggest is like feeling that I belong, mm-hmm. you know, yes. and it's like, I, I want to belong. I want to be relevant. Yes. I don't need to be at the top. I just want to be in the conversation or in the room. Yeah. I don't have to be the speaker. I don't have to be the, the host. Yeah. I don't have to be playing music. I just want to be at a table in the room. Yeah. And sometimes I feel in order to get there, there's some additional things that I have to do or some ways I have to be. Mm-hmm. Or things you have to hide. Th- or things I got to hide, yeah. you know. And it's like, I don't want to do that, yeah. man. I just want to keep it real and be me. And, and what I've come to learn about myself, and I think this, not not the things that lead me to the place, mm-hmm. but I think the answer for everybody is the same, is being accepting and satisfied what Christ has provided mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. here, right now. Mm-hmm. If I'm satisfied with the numbers, if I'm satisfied with the data, if I'm satisfied with um, not being in the room, mm-hmm. like and saying, you know, God, you have provided this, and man, this is mm-hmm. great. Yeah, this is a great thing. Yeah, it doesn't have to be in lights. It doesn't have to yeah. be in big rooms with thousands of people. It can be just like it is, being faithful to what mm-hmm. you've called me to, and that's something that should be celebrated instead of trying to make it to the mm-hmm. next level. If you're trusting that God really is real and a strong reality in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So we're going to dig into some scripture passages to help us understand this more, to maybe see this dynamic a little more uh, in the Bible, because uh, I noticed that in scripture that you have, uh, especially in the Gospels, scripture presents like famous pairs 
P-A-I-R-S, pairs of people. Whenever it's trying to tell a story, show a truth, uh, it comes in pairs. Like there's this person and then there's this person. And it compares and contrasts the Mm. two. And I think by looking at those famous pairs, some of them, that maybe we'll be able to see some kind of a, a pattern, glean some stuff about a true self and a BS self. Mm. And as we go through these, I mean, I'm just thinking about this almost for the first time now that I want to um, see what conclusions that we can draw. Like, what what does this show us about the false pattern? Mm-hmm. What does it show us about the true pattern? So that we can uh, try to emulate that. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, one more footnote is that I think there also is a difference as we read this. There is a difference between putting on those two cells before other people and then putting on those two cells, one more of those two cells before God. All right. And when it comes to being around other people, sometimes you just have to do what you have to do to fit in if, if you need to. Mm-hmm. But absolutely you can't do that with God. <laughs> like that's, yeah. Amen. that's one thing you can't do. So, with that said, let's uh, let's look at the first one, Mary and Martha. All okay. right. So, in uh, Luke chapter Luke chapter ten, we have the story of um, of Mary and Martha. Don't know that we'll read it, but um, you have these two sisters, and uh, Jesus comes over right to serve. They're not to serve to have uh, to have a meal with them, and uh, Martha is the one who's uh, busy serving and doing everything. And Mary is just kind of sitting at Jesus' feet, listening. <coughs> and um, let me see. I, I don't know if you've gotten there yet. Luke yep. chapter 10. So then what happens? Well, I mean, um, Jesus comes and uh, Martha says, hey, come into, come into the house. You know, and calls Mary. Um, Mary sat at God's feet, um, but Martha was continuing to want to serve, right? You know, I, yeah. I picture her like they're being in the house and she's like in the kitchen <laughs> cooking. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're hungry, yeah. you know, which a lot of cultural families, yeah. like when you have guests, they want to feed you. That's yeah. a way of like loving on and you. And they had no Uber Eats. Yeah, they had no Uber Eats. <laughs> they had no microwaves. They had no, no. McDonald's or nothing like that. It was that. a big deal. Though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know. Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, and and in my mind, I picture her kind of like being in awe and being like, "Man, I just want to be around." Yeah, you know what I mean. Like for me, that would be like maybe Michael Jordan. Mm. Like I, I would want to sit at his feet, but like I love to sit in the room with Mike and just listen to him and talk about his days of playing and you know just other things because he's gotten a chance to accomplish see and do a lot yeah. of things you yeah. know that are exciting to me to kind of vicariously live yeah. through some of those things yeah. you know and so for her she's like she's sitting at the feet yeah. of of god yeah. in flesh this guy who's done miracles and has known her and loved her yeah yeah and and, and martha's kind of like man we need to make sure he's fed which which on one hand to me isn't like a terrible thing like yeah. she's wanting to meet a need you know she's wanting to serve <clears throat> which serving isn't bad, Mm-mm, but like, no. what's better? Yeah, is serving Jesus better or yeah. sitting at His feet? Yeah, and just being in and his like presence. Mary probably wasn't even doing that consciously. Like you said, it was like Jordan is in the room. You know, Jesus in the room. Mm-hmm. You're just like a deer in headlights, almost in awe. Yep, not being uh, mean or anything towards yeah. your sister, but she's just caught up in in the moment. Yeah, there's a um, a sports show that I like to watch called Undisputed on okay. Fox with Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, and I love them debating, and they're just great. I love to be on that show, and um, Shannon talks about uh, being 
in the room with many different celebrities, mm -hmm. you know, great in his life. And he said he hasn't been around Tiger Woods. Uh, and I think he said he hadn't been around Muhammad Ali, mm. but he got a chance to be like around Michael Jordan. He mm. said, man, if he felt like Michael Jordan was levitating. <laughs> That's like how in awe he was, you know, and this is a Hall of Fame three time yeah. NFL champion, wow, yeah. you know, so he's got some accomplishments of his own. But he just said yeah. he felt like Jordan and he's like, he didn't know what to say. Yeah. And this dude ain't never like at a loss for words. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so to me, I liken Mary That's to be good. in a situation like this, like Jesus wasn't levitating, but it's like she just saw him yeah. in awe. He actually might, might could have. He, yeah, he, he literally could have, not yeah, like yeah. a Chris Angel or any <laughs> like magic, like literally. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. I just thought that was pretty That's cool. That's perfect. You know, she sees the significance of who he is. And I don't want to say Martha didn't, but the scripture says she was distracted with much serving. Yeah. You know, so apparently like her yeah. heart to serve distracted her from really being just with Jesus in his presence yeah. and being around him. Yeah. You know, so. And like, there's nothing wrong with serving a meal or. Wanting this, yeah, there's nothing wrong with serving, but she takes it another level in that she actually confronts her sister, or does she just go straight to Jesus? Um, oh, she just goes straight to Jesus, yeah, she goes straight to Jesus, <laughs> Martha yeah. does, and she, you know, confronts the situation and says, Lord, don't you see that my sister has left me, yeah, to serve alone? So, like, she's like. She, draw, like she should be helping me in the yeah, kitchen. Yeah, and she's drawing attention <clears throat> to herself. Lord, yeah. look what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, the, all this work. Yep. I'm doing all this. Meanwhile, my sister isn't. So there's this, yeah. there's this comparison. So Martha's the BS self mm -hmm. in this, and Mary's more the real self, the like in awe yeah. self. And I think one of the keys is what Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many mm. things. You know, so is her... Mm. Anxious, her anxiety and the things that troubled her were they linked to her serving Jesus, mm -hmm. and and because of her doing this, would this alleviate mm -hmm. the anxiety and the tensions of other things? And to me, I look mm -hmm. at it like, um, in in some mm -hmm. religions, they look at um, serving or doing as a means to salvation or yeah. earning favor. Yeah. You know, yeah. so was 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 Martha doing this to earn favor with Jesus? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying she was, like, but it's just sister. If we don't get this right, we're not going to earn his favor. Yeah, yeah, we need to earn like his presence. We need yeah. to earn his his love. In a sense, I mean, the scripture doesn't say that, but it just makes me wonder because we know Jesus knows, right? Mm -hmm. He says you're anxious and mm -hmm. you're troubled about many things. So mm -hmm. the anxiety could be just that Mary's not helping. We mm -hmm. don't have any reason to believe there's other anxieties. Mm -hmm. But then he says you're troubled about many things. Mm -hmm. And so many is more than one. So yeah. it wouldn't be troubled that Mary's not helping. There's other things yeah, there's in other life things. that's troubling that's her. And I'm 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 thinking that these are the things that was causing her to do what she was doing. Mm -hmm. And in essence, to me, Jesus, well, he says Mary has chosen the good portion. Mm -hmm. You know, so he's basically saying it's good yeah. for her to come sit in yeah. here and be with yeah. me. What you're trying to do is not good. Mm -hmm. You know, because the opposite of good mm -hmm. is, is not good. Yeah. There's another point here about the false self or the BS self that needs mentioned, mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's here. And that's anxiety and trouble are all re related to a different time th than what you're in. Mm -hmm. They're related to like the future or maybe the past. Yep. But in this case, uh, well, maybe it's either. But Martha's, her focus, her ego, her bumper sticker self is on the future, mm -hmm. like worried what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, yeah, yep. 
whereas, and this is a key here, the, the true self is capable of being in the present. Mm-hmm. And that's where Mary is. She's presently yeah. in awe. Yeah, it's like that phrase, live the, in the moment. Yep, at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. With, you know, there, no doubt Mary had troubles in life. <laughs> she did. Yeah. But they were small compared to the huge reality of Jesus right in front of her. Yeah, and she saw the importance of leaving anything else by the wayside and just living in yeah. the moment of, I'm here with yeah. Jesus. Whereas, I will be here as much as I can. And Martha was distracted. It said she yeah. was distracted by the future or the past. Yeah. And so that's one way for people to detect that pattern in their life is, are they capable of being present in their life, in their skin, with God Amen. in the moment? Amen. So that's uh, Mary and Martha. Let's go to... Uh, which one do you want to look at next? Um, I think, I mean, many of these you have on here is good. Um, I think that um, <clears throat> I like the tax collector, you know, and the Pharisee. Yeah, let's do That's that. That's not a very popular passage. Yeah, Luke 18 know. we're yeah, going to. It's not very long. But I think it's like because of that, I think that's one we should talk about. Yeah, so we have, and that's like probably maybe one of the best examples of uh True self, false self. So we have exactly in uh, Luke 18, we have uh, the Pharisee and the tax collector. Mm-hmm. So starting with verse 9, it says, Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> that's it right there. Yep. But, he, but he said, two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, so this is a BS self, Standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who is who humbles himself will be exalted. Yeah, this is great. This is great. It is the like you said, it's the perfect contrast between a man who is feeling himself, mm. you know, versus a man who says, Man, I'm out there bad. Like, I like I like that feeling himself. Well yeah, yeah, he's feeling himself, man. Yeah. He he he's like peacocking. <laughs> You know, he got, he got the tail spread out. He's yeah. prancing around like, look at me, look at me, look at me. You know, that's what he's doing. And, yeah, and, and not just look at me, but also putting someone Yeah, in comparison to him. Yeah, so that's like add another mm, layer to it. One yeah. is like, look at me. Yeah. I can say look at me and not say nothing about nobody else. But he yeah. took it one step further and say, look at me and then look at this dude. Yeah. Which in essence is like for people to lift him up even higher to for mm. him to be exalted even higher because mm. not only was he in full array mm-hmm. but to put somebody else down is to want to lift oneself up so mm-hmm. he's got both things going yeah. he's got the vanity he's yeah. got the comparison and the like putting other people down yeah. to build yourself up he got all this yeah. stuff going on and 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 in the presence of god yeah. In the context of praying to God. And on top of that, like the law didn't require to fast twice a week. Yeah. The law didn't require to give tithes of all that you get. Yeah, yeah. Right? So he was That's doing good. extra. Yeah. Right? He yeah. wasn't just adhering to the oh, law, so to yeah. speak. He like, I'm doing yeah, yeah, even yeah. more, God. The BS self always wants to do way more. Yeah, because yep. I, I want to like earn. Yeah. And I want to stand out. Yeah. 
and and, and yeah. he wasn't keeping it real. Yeah, it's not enough just to have a hundred followers. I need a hundred thousand. Yeah, I need no, no, I need two hundred. I need a million. Yeah. yeah, that's what I need. Yeah. You know, so yeah. this dude was a real piece of work, man. Yeah. And I, you know, I love you know because it's a parable, so it's mm-hmm. not a real story, mm-hmm. but it's definitely illustrating the spiritual truth. Yeah, and the audience, Jesus always had a way that when he told parables that it was just nailing his audience like right between the eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, he telling them about they self. Yeah. You know, yeah, there yeah. wasn't probably many, if any at all, in the crowd that will humble himself like the tax collector yeah. and say, God, you know, I'm not even worthy to like look yeah. up to heaven. And it's a tax collector, the worst of the worst, <clears throat> right? Yeah. I mean, when yeah. you compare a tax collector to any other Jew, whether it be a Pharisee, yeah. a Sadducee, anybody, yeah. that would be the one that's looked down the yeah. most because they're working for the yeah. Roman government. Yeah. And then oftentimes they're stealing. Yeah. You know, because they have that right. So he was even, the tax collector is way even worse than just the average Jewish person. He would have been like kind of at the, like somewhere at the bottom of the yeah, barrel. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And that, and he used a perfect, like Jesus used a perfect contrast, right? Let's take the worst. Yeah. And let's take who thinks they're the best. And the Pharisee is at the top of culture. Yes. Yeah, so, and, and he flipped yeah. it. He instead of it being like this, he flipped yeah. it like this. Yeah, he did. You know, and he told them, man, look, all yeah. you guys running around here doing this extra thinking you all that yeah. and putting other people down, yeah. you're gonna be like put down. Yeah. And the one who gets on the ground and bows down and humbles himself, mm-hmm. I'm gonna lift that guy up. That guy has the potential to do great things for me yeah. because he recognizes his yeah. sin. He recognizes that he can't do anything yeah. outside of me. Yeah. But you you don't even need me. Yeah. Because you got it all figured yeah, out. Yeah, you got your good work. You, you got, got it your, all, yeah. man. You don't even yeah. need God. As a matter of fact, you probably think you are God. Yeah. You and we know the Pharisees, <laughs> many of them acted almost yeah. as if they thought they were yeah. God with other Jewish people. Yeah. The way they kind of pranced around and, yeah. and lauded their like knowledge yeah. and their wealth and things like that. Go ahead. Keep your feathers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah keep them. <laughs> they make you a lightweight anyways. Yeah. So I, I love wow. this story. That's that's great. And like the thing that stands out to me is that one of the things is it's not wrong to do some of these things that the Pharisee did in the sense that it's not wrong to pray, to give, you know, all these things. It, it's not yeah, wrong. Absolutely. But we would never see it, uh, how it can turn wrong if these two weren't brought together, yep, if yep. this pair wasn't compared with each other. Yeah. And, um, th- and that's it's a good way, way of helping us to see our true self uh, versus our BS self as well. Um, if everything continues just to go right in your life, mm-hmm. right? If everything just conti- mm-hmm. continues to go as your ego and your, and your false self is planned, then you won't necessarily see what you're mm-hmm. doing. The peacock strutting, the putting everyone down. Yeah, you're blind. You're blind. But when God levels you, when God takes stuff away from you, when God humbles you, when God turns you into the tax collector mm-hmm. who just sits there on the ground beating his breast saying, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, then you're able to see it. Yeah, but a lot of people lose their mind. They'll even lose their faith hmm. because they don't. They have the question as to why. Hmm. Everything has been just as you oh, ordered, yeah, Lord. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing yeah, everything yeah, yeah. perfectly, Lord. Why is the ego's question? Why did I get canceled? Yeah, yeah. Why did I lose my job? Yeah. Why did the market yep. crash and I lose all my wealth? Yep. Like, why does calamity happen? Mm-hmm. And and never once are they mm-hmm. searching their own heart mm-hmm. and see what any wicked way mm-hmm. may be in them. 
Mm-hmm. One of the other things that yeah. I like about this that isn't necessarily here, <clears throat> but it's definitely something good, is I've encountered people, I don't know if you have before, who um, they would go around and, and kind of flaunt um, fasting. Mm-hmm. They would go around and flaunt with literal numbers of like how much money they give away. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's biblical. Mm-hmm. Like the practice is biblical, but to to put it out there yeah, yeah. is not biblical. Yeah. In other words, like we shouldn't go around telling people, oh, man, I, I fast twice mm-hmm. a week, you know, or I, I give away 25 mm-hmm. percent. I gave away three thousand dollars this month, mm-hmm. you know, or I read through my Bible three times. this Yeah. Year. Yeah. You know, like there's definitely like what's the motive, yeah, you know, yeah. behind it. And, and I kind of look at it like. You know, I think there's a verse that says something like when you do something in secret, the Heavenly Father will reward mm-hmm. you openly. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I don't I don't go around and flaunt any of these things, you know, and, and I think that's we're supposed to be like that. Mm-hmm. Like we keep these things between us and God. Mm-hmm. It really has nothing to do with other people. And so in a sense, um, this guy who's praying, he's praying um, mm-hmm. to God. But I, I would even think that. Um, when you have that attitude that you probably would even be like sharing that with other people too, mm-hmm. you know, to try to boost yourself up to make you look holier than mm-hmm. thou, you know. And so, um, yeah, I just think that's something that I always take away from this too. What What do we learn about the, like a true self from the tax collector? Because like we're mm-hmm. not, I, I I haven't worked this out in my head quite yet, but mm-hmm. like I'm not saying that the true self is just a sinful, pathetic <clears throat> self. But, yeah. but I'm saying that that's where the possibility or the potential to become your true self has to begin. Like so long as you're wrapped up in your BS self, you're never going to get to your true self. Yep. But once you humble yourself, and maybe like we said, it takes God stripping away those bumper stickers. Mm-hmm. Then when you're in the dirt, when you're humble, then that's where the potential for your you to be actually become your true self, and we would add your true self in Christ, right? Yeah, yep, yep. I think that you know everybody has a true self, and how much or what percentage they actually operate in mm-hmm. it is the question. Mm-hmm. And I think just in reference to what you said, that um, a lot of people don't like their true self. Hmm. So they have to put on a false self mm-hmm. in order yeah. to feel okay in their skin, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, we can look at people that get plastic surgery, mm-hmm. you know, that's not for medical reasons. Yeah. Or people who have to spend tons of money on makeup and clothes mm-hmm. and, and fancy things, right, to beautify themselves. Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing wrong with, with looking beautiful or looking mm-hmm. handsome and, and enhancing what you have. But when you go to great lengths to where that becomes the thing that makes you handsome or make you beautiful yeah, is because your, you're not satisfied. So to me, that's it, your identity. Then. it always yeah. funnels down to I'm not satisfied. Yeah. Whatever we're being false about is saying I'm not satisfied with what I got. Yeah. So I have to do something else to make me comfortable mm-hmm. to feel okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that people encounter burnout. Mm-hmm. I think suicide happens. I think all forms of sin gets played out. Because I think the way humans are created, <clears throat> we can't continue mm-hmm. to live in a, in a false dichotomy within ourselves yeah. because at some point it's like a, a pressure cooker, mm-hmm. right? That's just getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And at some point it's going to blow, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to steam is going to fly out the end of it and mm-hmm. make a whistling noise because it's, it's met its pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to explode. And I think that explosion looks different, whether it be um, 
spousal abuse, drug mm-hmm. abuse, <clears throat> um, suicide, mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of things, mm-hmm. but all of it's sin. Like, there's never nothing good. I'm going to explode, and I'm going to love my wife mm-hmm. more or love my mm-hmm. children more. It's always some sin or that's going to be the outcome. Even just wasting your life, decades of your life, on the couch, doing nothing, you know? Just yeah, slowly. Yeah, like being a sloth or something. Yeah, just slowly being killing bum. your true self, not challenging yourself. Yeah, so, you know, for the person that's in Christ, like you said, it's all linked to identity, mm-hmm. you know, but we need to be satisfied. You know, everybody doesn't look the same facially, yeah. body type, yeah. all of that. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Yeah, Culture dictates that that matters to us. Yeah. But if we're going to be the, if we're being the peculiar people that the Bible mm-hmm. says we should be, the way we operate and interact with one another should be very um, contrary to what mm-hmm. the world looks like, especially now in mm-hmm. these United States. Mm-hmm. You know, 50, 60, 70 years ago where there was a form of godliness mm-hmm. in many, if not almost all things yep. that were around us, it wasn't that big a deal, mm-hmm. although it existed. But now mm-hmm. with like there hardly being any godliness and mm-hmm. anything around, like we should be looking so different than the world mm-hmm. and how we operate. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me ask the question, like, do we, mm-hmm. you know, and it makes me think of this, um, this thing, this saying that I heard somebody say, if you were on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Mm-hmm. You know, so from just, uh, where you work, yeah, places that you frequent, if somebody were to take a poll and go around and ask those people, Hey, is this a person a Christian? And if they say, "Yeah," well, what evidence have you yeah. seen? If you if you were going to testify on their behalf, like what would you say? Yeah. And if they didn't really have much of anything to say, then to me, you need to ask yourself, like, what am I doing that's conformed yeah. to the world that the world sees me just like them? Mm-hmm. That's because convicting. there are situations where, when calamity happens, I should be praying. Mm-hmm. When somebody at my work, like. Uh, runs into hard times financially. Mm-hmm. I should be one trying to help them. Mm-hmm. Not that it's got to be out there with everyone, yeah. but I should be trying to help meet those mm-hmm. needs. You know, like that's what a Christ follower does. Mm-hmm. We love our neighbor as mm-hmm. as as we love our neighbors. We love mm-hmm. ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And we love our neighbor because Christ loved mm-hmm. us. And so that should make us be radically mm-hmm. different in a lot of ways. And I don't think most people are, including me. Yeah. Look at the gaze of these two guys, too. Well, I guess one last thing on the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee's gaze, his attention is all on himself and everything that he's done. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a key here, another key anyways. But the the tax collector, Mm -hmm. his his gaze is on God. In fact, it says that um, he's bowed down and he looks up to to heaven, right? Mm -hmm. Or he can't even look up to heaven. you're not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but that's where his attention was. Yeah, I mean that's still like in a sense his gaze. Yeah, right? his, his gaze. His attention is so pointed he, to. So heaven. his focus was on God. The the Pharisees' attention was on himself. Mm-hmm. And um, you talked about culture and how our culture, even especially today, is in such a mess. And that's because, like, I believe that. We don't know where to look. Like it used to be, like you said, 50, 60 or more years ago, our gaze was generally going in the same direction. Mm-hmm. We knew that God was the most important thing in life. And when everyone's gaze is going in the same direction, it's kind of easy to, to figure out life and, and what, mm-hmm. what's right and what's wrong. 
But now that we've done away with that, you know, culturally, we don't know where to look. We're looking at each other. We're looking to him, to her. You know, we don't even know. And so it's just a spiraling, uh, snowballing mess, yeah. basically. Yep. I love the last thing Jesus says. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Mm. And, you know, if nothing else, if we can't figure out what's wrong in our lives, then we can rest in that last statement. The person who isn't humble, if they humble, humbles themselves, then God will lift them up. And, you know, what does lift it up mean? Does that mean I'm going to be rich? No. no. <laughs> does that mean I'm going to be without sickness ever? Mm-mm. No. To me, God lifting you up is to be lifted up is to be closer with him. Mm-hmm. And to me, to be closer to Jesus is the best place that you could be. No matter what noise is happening around mm-hmm. your life with work, with family, with any of that stuff, to be close with Jesus mm-hmm. is the best place you can be. And back to, you know, Mary and Martha, Mary understood yeah. that the best yeah. place to be yep. is to be close to Jesus. Yep. And and when you're close to Jesus, that's when you stand half a chance mm-hmm. of yeah. like um, conquering mm-hmm. sin mm-hmm. and all these sinful things that's around us and being away mm-hmm. from Jesus then we don't really stand a mm-hmm. chance to even fight the yeah. fight, let alone win the battle. And when you're close to Jesus, you're close to your <clears throat> true self. Yes. That's the thing. We think we got to leave to go off and find our true self, but yeah. then we just get swallowed up but by the, our BS but the, self. But, but the thing about it is this, right? I'm convinced that people who are Christ followers who are living in this world of like lacking identity and so on mm-hmm. and so forth, they it comes down to... Jesus is very clear with a lot of things he talks about in the Bible. And the the question comes to my mind, do I really want to do these things? Do I want my will to be done or do I really want Jesus' mm-hmm. will to be done? Do I want what Jesus wants for me or do mm-hmm. what I want for me? Because Jesus says some crazy stuff mm-hmm. like love your enemy. Mm-hmm. Like, really? Like, I, I don't <laughs> like think that's, that's figuratively speaking. And that's like, really crazy. That's really, that's <laughs> as crazy as you can get. Yeah. And I would say something that's equally as crazy. To love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah. Like you love, like I can love them, but love them like I love me. Hmm. I, I don't think I love nobody as much as I love <laughs> me. So to put that on them. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. And, and I don't think it's probably literally possible but if we're going after it it's so revolutionary it is it's so revolutionary it is but but people don't uh, want it they don't want to adhere to that yeah they want to create their own comfort in their own safe space in their own world we want to look to we want to look to these other crazy things in culture that are coming at us to um to give us a thrill in life, you know, but there's nothing more revolutionary, thrilling or hard or difficult as those two things you just said. Yeah. And those are <laughs> extremely difficult. Yeah. We'll and never master those. Yeah. Things. But, but yeah. the point is we should wrestle with that yeah. stuff. Yeah. We should be always thinking about that and what we do. How am I loving this person? And he's my enemy. How am I loving this person like myself? And he's my neighbor. Mm-hmm. And and both of those two things yeah. can cross over and almost be the same. Mm-hmm. The commonality is love. Mm-hmm. Loving other people, no matter who they are, where they are, and how they treat us, mm-hmm. is the bottom line. And Jesus gives us a story, the story of the Good Samaritan. Yeah. You know, other other parables and stories in the Bible where it's difficult to love someone. That's a great story because one guy is his uh, the, the priest and everyone who passes by. They're so concerned about their BS self and doing what they have to do 
They don't take the time. They don't take the time. And it yeah. takes a Samaritan who the Jewish people hated yeah. to come to the aid of this Jewish yeah. person that's laying half yeah. dead. So that would be a true self. Yeah. And wow. he, so that was him loving his enemy. Yeah. Right. Because the Jews were against the Samaritans. Yep. And that was him loving his neighbor. Yeah. Because they were neighbors. Yeah. You know, even if neighborly, just in the sense that yeah. he passed by the guy. Yeah. This is my neighbor yeah. laying here half my dead. My suffering neighbor. He, his false self would have said, Man, you might be in danger. Yeah. Like the other two people. Concerned with future Maybe things. you'll get robbed. Maybe yep. you'll get killed. Yep. How will you look? Yep. You what know, if you touch a body and become ritually uncure, unclean so you can't go to your temple meeting? Or yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they thought totally about yeah. how it's going to affect them. And yeah. the good Samaritan didn't think about himself no. at all. All yep. he saw was a person in yeah. need, and he could meet that need. Yeah. That's great. And that's and that's that's how we should be. That yeah. that should be our posture and our attitude in our that's life. Great. And I think people read these things and they either let it go one in one ear and out the other, mm-hmm. or they think it's not literal, it's some type of poetry mm-hmm. that has some other kind of spiritual connotation, but it's mm-hmm. not literal, help somebody. Mm-hmm. Or they just make a decision, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. I'm just not. They're just yeah. in like opposition to what the word of God mm-hmm. says. And so that's just, I mean, I guess that would be spiritual immaturity, mm-hmm. you know, for a person to have any mm-hmm. one of these attitudes. And I'm not saying I live out this stuff perfectly, mm-hmm. but this stuff is always on my mind, yeah. man. I want to look at one more now, just so people know, I have like a list of 12 of these <laughs> pairs that I found 13. If you count the good Samaritan one you just mentioned. So I just want to look at one more. I'll mention these other ones so people can look at them, at them for themselves and come to some conclusions. But the uh, Matthew 21, the son who said yes versus the son who said no uh, to the father. Okay, this is Matthew 21, verses 28 through 32, and it's the parable of the two sons. So Jesus says, what do you think? A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, the first one answered, I'm not going to do it. He said, I will not. But afterward, he changed his mind and went. But then verse 30, he went to the other son and he said the same. And he answered, I'll go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And they said, well, the first. And Jesus said, truly, I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. So I like, I really like this one uh, because I see myself in the first son so much. So the, the father comes and says, son, go do this. And the first son very obediently, very BSly says, oh yeah, I'll, I'll go do it. I'll go do it. Mm-hmm. But he ends up, or maybe that's the second that's one. That's the second that's son. The second yeah, one. Yeah. But he ends up not doing it. Okay. And I like, I see myself in that. Like, I know the right, this is like the person who, I know the right Christian answers. Mm -hmm. I know the right things to say. You know, I I know the right uh, gospel coalition, (laughs) to use that organization, Mm. the right gospel coalition approved thing to do. And so I'm just going to do it. I'm going to say what I need to do. But then you're, that's just at a bumper sticker level because your heart, your whole being really isn't behind it. And you end up not doing it. Yeah. And I have trouble being like the like the first son who said, "No, I'm not going to do it." You know, he he was. I read it as he's like seeing this big job that needs done, and or and yeah. he's just like, "No, I'm not going to do it." Like he's his true self in a sense. Yeah, he he's said, just no, being real. Keep it real. Yeah. yeah. But and, I think I think that. But then he ended up doing it. Yeah, because I think later he thought like. 
you know, what's the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. Like, here's what I want, but what's the right thing? What's what's the thing my dad wants me to do? And I love my dad. And, mm-hmm. you know, I want to be true and obedient mm-hmm. to my dad, but I really don't want to do this. But he came to realize that, you know what, this is what I mm-hmm. should do. This is what's best. Yeah. And this is what's right. Yeah. And he relates that guy to the to the sinners and in, in around the tax the collectors the and the prostitutes. Yeah. So you you can see it as like those tax collectors and prostitutes and those sinners hearing this, thinking I can relate to that because I said no to God. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I said no. I I I screwed with things I shouldn't have screwed with. Yeah. I messed up my life. I did these sins, but now that I've been sitting in it all these years, it's time to get right. And yeah. do what I need to And do. there's opportunity for me. And there's opportunity. Just because I did these things doesn't exempt oh, me from going to the kingdom of so God. So good. Right? Yeah, yeah. So there's always that's, time. That's a mindset with a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I've sinned too much. God can't forgive me. Yeah. And in this story, we see the opposite of that. That's so good. So the and whereas before with Mary and Martha, we saw the BS self is focused on the future. The BS self can also mm-hmm. be focused Focus on, on the, the past. past. Yeah, like yeah. I did all these things. I screwed up. Yeah. Therefore, I, I can't go. I can't, I can't be right. I might as well keep sinning, you know. Yeah. yeah. But, the, but the true self, like you said, that's so good. Uh, recognizes that no, I, I screwed up. Yeah, yeah. I own that. But there's still time. And again, could you imagine the the look on the faces of the audience when Jesus is saying that I tell you the tax collectors and the <laughs> yeah. prostitutes are entering yeah. the kingdom of God ahead of you. Yeah. I mean, it's like what? Wait a minute. I've been living my whole life steeped in Judaism doing all these things that mm. you want me to do, but it's all BS, you yeah. know? And, and so this is kind of a different topic and maybe we'll talk about this later, but leadership, mm. you know, it's talked about a mm. lot and it's to me, this mindset of not showing a chink in the armor yeah. and, and, and always being on and, yeah. and, and no fault being found. That's a bunch of BS, it man. That's a, I can't stand being around a so-called leader like that, man. I yeah. want to be with the leader that says, look, I got a direction for us to go. Mm-hmm. But, man, I, I mess up. Yep. you know, And I want you to be there for me to help me. And I'm going to be mm-hmm. there for you and let's do this together. Mm-hmm. You know, I want a leader that's going to keep it real yeah. to where I can see the chinks in the armor. I can't relate to the yeah, guy yeah. that don't have the chinks yeah. in the armor because that's not me. That's good. And the only person that I can, like, feel at peace with being like that with is Jesus. Yeah. Because he was perfect, yeah, right? Yeah. So there is no chinks in his armor, meaning sin. Yeah. But the people out here and the other other men and mm. women in this world that that are these strong, dynamic mm. leaders that are so eloquent with words and mm. so gifted with leadership and all this mm. other stuff, they never they really mm. they never open up the 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 code and let you see the inside, yeah. man, and see would all the you, ugliness and sin. Would you rather be around a leader? So bring this passage to real life. Would you rather be around a leader that polished guy? You go to him and say, "Hey, leader." pastor can we do this and he's like yeah let's go do it but then he fails you and maybe he fails falls into a sin versus uh pastor you go to him and you would you want to do this you ask him that question he's like oh i don't know i don't i don't think we can no you know i, I don't want to but then later after thinking and praying about it he comes and says yeah let's go do it yeah, I mean, obviously, to me, this is very similar to this parable of two sons. And so it's, I feel like the right answer is the second guy. But I kind of felt like the first guy is like, I probably would be excited and pick the first guy because yeah. he says, yes let's, yes, let's go do it. Um, and if he falls into sin, like, for me, I would be like, man, let's, I'm, I'm not going to say, oh, mm-hmm. I thought you were a leader. That doesn't exempt you from being a leader. 
committing a sin mm-hmm. does not exempt you from a place okay. in heaven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's what a lot of people want to yeah, say. Yeah. You know, oh, you sin. You and and, yeah. and in some some ways that people sin. Biblically, it will exempt mm. you from certain types of mm. leadership, but it doesn't necessarily exempt you from mm. leadership, period. Mm. You know, we can see biblically like David was restored, not back to king, but he still was restored mm. with God. Um, you know, even Samson, in a sense, right after mm. he sinned, like he didn't he didn't have a happily ever after story, <laughs> but he was able to like get back right with God and, yeah. and do one last great act. Yeah. While he was on his way out, mm-hmm. you know, so God can still use us despite our sin. Now, we don't see an example I can think of where a person had great leadership and then they fell and then God totally restored them to the exact same thing. But mm-hmm. that don't mean you still can't be a leader. Mm-hmm. You still have value. All the stuff you learn and the mm-hmm. gifts you have are still there. You may not be able to operate in the same capacity. And you know what? I'm OK with that. Mm-hmm. If you have truly repented and you're making your way to humble yourself mm-hmm. and to identify Identify the things that led mm. you to the fall in the first place and not living in that. Yeah. I can get behind a guy like yeah. that. I can totally get behind yeah. a guy like that. Well, that that's a that's a good segue into uh, the next part where I want to take us. All right. Uh, but before I do that, some of these other pairs that people can look at from the Bible are the prodigals in the Luke 15, the prodigal brother versus the older brother. Uh, Peter, look, take a look at Peter when he confidently said... Mm. Uh, Jesus, I would never deny you. Versus yeah. the later Peter, you know, after he denied him, and when in John twenty one, when um, Jesus came to him and said, you know, trying to restore him, Peter is a lot more humble than he's like, uh, Lord, you know, yeah. <laughs> like uh, I'm not going to come right out and say it, but I trust that you know. Uh, look at Job. Job with all his riches before mm. Satan got a hold of him yeah. versus the the, mm. the end Job. The thief on the cross versus the other thief. Judas versus Mary in John 12 when she anointed Jesus' feet. How about the disciples versus the little child when the disciples are arguing, who's the greatest? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jesus looks at them, grabs mm-hmm. a little pathetic, dirty child and said, this one is. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's the truth. <clears throat> uh the disciple. Here's another good one. The disciples versus the other person mm-hmm. casting out demons in Mark nine thirty eight through forty one. So these disciples see this other guy casting out demons, and the disciples are like, "Hey, he's not one of us." Yeah. <laughs> and Jesus is like, so "Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Let him do. It. Let him do it." Put uh, the poor widow versus the rich people when she was giving all that she had mm-hmm. versus the rich people who were giving out of their abundance, and then the rich man and Lazarus in Luke sixteen. So I think we've done a good job of trying to look at the BS self versus the true self and where the focus is on each of those. But I want to, um, I want to, well, the key is that the false self has to die before the true self can begin to emerge. That's like for me, in each of these, you have to let go of that uh, false self. It has to die and you have to get to that humble place where God can lift you up. And there's a, a, a key word that I want to say that can summarize the entire Bible and this process mm-hmm. for everyone for just three easy payments of 1999. <laughs> yeah. No, this key word is, uh, is free, uh, but you have to have uh, eyes, eyes to see it because joy is still possible. So this word that is a summary, I think, of the whole Bible and of this process is the word nevertheless. All right. If you picture it as like a, a door, 
The word nevertheless is the hinge on which the door swings open. And on the one side of the door, you have your false self. And on the other side of the door is an entryway into your true self. And the hinge is, like I said, the word nevertheless. So what do I mean by this? You could say, when you fail, you could say, you know, I failed. And kind of the typical thing that I, that I would say would be like, oh, I failed, therefore I'm an awful person. I'm, I'm dwelling on the past. No one will like me. Or I'll try hard, really harder next time, you know. Uh, or now everything is going to be bad in the future. Or I, I can't stop reliving these events from the past. But with this beautiful hinge word of nevertheless, we can say something completely different. We can say, I failed, nevertheless, that God loves me. Mm-hmm. I failed, nevertheless, I'm just a human. Nevertheless, uh, this isn't going to be the end of me. There'll be more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like it doesn't stop me from trying to make things right now. I did these. I lived this awful life. Nevertheless, I'm going to move forward in the present with God's grace. And I see, like I said, the Bible is full of nevertheless moments. So like Israel's sin, nevertheless, God gave them more chances. When all the nations threatened, nevertheless, God will fight for them and protect them. Uh, when, when Satan and the enemies meant it for evil, when Job's family meant it for evil, mm-hmm. Joseph's family meant it for evil, yeah. Joseph said, basically, nevertheless, God meant it for good. Yep. Amen. Like, there's chaos, nevertheless, God is making all things new. Life has fallen apart. My dreams are dashed, nevertheless, God is doing a new thing. I remember, I remember that was a, some, a powerful word and a powerful moment in my life when uh, my life and my family's life was falling apart because of my sin, but my wife held on to these promises in Isaiah, repeated over and over, it says, God is doing something new. Mm. So whenever I would get down and say, like, everything's screwed up, and everything's going to be bad and wrong and terrible forever, she would grab hold of me and she would say, God is doing something new right mm. now. Wow. And that was the huge nevertheless to me. Jesus died on the cross, nevertheless, he is risen. So I see this word nevertheless whether it's you know directly literally written out or not as as the key to finding joy in this mm. life and the key to changing your false self to your uh, true self. Amen. I like that. Nevertheless. That's a word we could think about, you know, nevertheless when everything time some go bad, man, nevertheless. Yeah. You know, another kind of word that I hear a lot of people use um, as of late is but God. Yeah, but God. It's the you know, same but, idea. But, yeah, same idea. But God, you know, this is what happened. But God yeah. did this, or he's going to do this, or he hasn't He hasn't responded yeah. yet. So let's look to what he has, yeah. and let's not be focused on the, the muck and the mire yeah. of the things we yeah. don't like now. So, so that's cool, man. When you, know, you get humbled and you get settled down into your real self, don't give up. Just... When you're in that place, that's the place where you can claim mm-hmm. this nevertheless, this but God. Amen, amen. And that's the key to going through the doorway to the realm of joy. All right, I think that's enough for now. Yeah, man, it's been a minute. So, uh, man, it thank has. you guys for joining us today. Again, I don't know if we like in Technicolor or black and white or gray mode. I have yeah, no we idea. Look gray. I, I look yeah, gray I think we look very gray, and I don't know why. So we need a techie. Um, to maybe help us get this right. But anyway, thank you guys for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at bumperstickerfaith at gmail.com. You can drop a comment on YouTube or, you know, if you think this has been good, 
and anybody might benefit, you can uh, mm-hmm. have them check us out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts um, or YouTube. So thank you guys for okay. tuning in. Have a great day. Peace. Peace.